Lord, have mercy on my son. Someone say mercy. He said, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted. <laughs> Someone say twisted. He said, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said, because of your little faith. But truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible. Someone say nothing will be impossible. Say it again. Nothing will be impossible. I want to talk today as I conclude this series today from the topic of limitations. Someone say limitations. Say it now this way. Say I've got limitations. Father, be glorified in this time, in this hour, in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I've got limitations. Tell somebody again, I've got limitations. I know people don't know you do, but I want to clear the air. All of us have limitations of some kind. All of us, all of us. Everybody just say it, all of us. I've got, all of us have limitations. And when you realize that you have limitations, you'll be less judgmental of other people. Uh, when you realize that and I want to uh, talk about our limitations today and as we end I'm actually ending in the same book that I started this series in uh, the book of Matthew recently um, a few weeks ago um, I started to get a personal trainer um, in the gym um, I've been working out for many years but I can't necessarily say that I look like where I go. <laughs> and I uh, knew that I had met um, where I could go. So um, I reached out, well, actually, um, my fraternity brother uh, reached out to me and he has his own uh, program, Coach uh, Larry Jackson. And I've started to work out um, with a particular group of people, but him specific, specifically, of course, has made sure that I'm um, doing different things according to my own limitations. And as I um, started working out with him, one of the first things we did was to started to find out certain body mass and um, what different things as far as your mobility and uh, what you can do and what you can't do, how flexible you are or are not, you know, all those different types of things. And um, according to that result or that test, it's a little ringing, according to that test and according to what he's been working with me on, when I go to that particular spot, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, if you need to know, when I go, um, even though there are different people and though there, there's a group um, that works together, according to what my own uh, plan is, I don't always get to participate always in the group. Sometimes I do some things with everyone, but some things are uh, curtailed exactly for me because the coach knows my limitations and knows what I can do and knows what I'm not ready to do just yet. It is good for you to make sure that you have someone in your life who knows what you can do and cannot do and does not ever put you in a situation where you get messed up or hurt because you are beyond your limitations. Limitations are not always a bad thing. Just because we say I'm limited in some things, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means I have to adjust. Or sometimes it means I have to work a little bit harder than everybody else does because of my own limitations. Is there anybody in the room who has limitations that you should want to acknowledge? And, and sometimes if you're not careful, you'll let somebody call your limitation a handicap. It's not a handicap. It means there are certain things that I have learned about myself or I have been taught that I cannot do. And even though, with, as far as it relates to the gym, even though we are all working out, there are certain things that I'm not ready for yet. 
doesn't mean I won't eventually get there, but I'm not ready for it yet. So I cannot look at the rest of the group and get intimidated by what I see or compare their results to mine because I've already had a private conversation or consultation with the coach. So I know what I can do and how long it will take me to get wherever. You have to make sure that you don't ever start scrolling on the social media and start comparing where you are compared to where you think somebody else is. Is, and you don't know who they've checked in with or who they are working with in order to establish the goals that they have. So many times when you don't have your own coach, you start judging people who are actually working on things you have chosen not to work on. But you want to make sure that if you are critiquing or if you are comparing yourself to anybody else, you're not comparing in judgment. You're saying we're all in the same gym working out something, even if if we all have different results. Look at someone beside you and say, well, I'm working on something. I'm just working on something. And don't you ever sleep on me because I'm not where you are. I'm not where you are, but you don't know what my goals are, and you don't know that I've had a private conversation with a coach. So if you're not careful, I might pass you up because you'll be so, you'll so be so concerned about where I am that you forget that I'm working on something. Don't, don't, get, don't get twisted and get caught up talking about people. What I have learned in my life in these 41 years of living and six years of pastoring and however many years of being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and the Spirit of God gives utterance, all that stuff. Since what I have learned is that many people, the reason that they are not able to grow is because because 79 to 85% of the conversation is always about somebody else. You got saved by Jesus. You got filled by Jesus. You got lead. You got, you started joining the Jesus ministry. You were saved because of him and him only. But somewhere you shifted from Jesus to them. And it was all about them. But there is a season in your life where you'll get back into the gym and you'll say, Lord, it's me. I'm not even concerned about anybody else. Someone just lift your hands right now and say, Lord, it's me. It's me. I miss some of the songs we used to sing. And I know he alluded to the song earlier, Come By Here, that sometimes you have to start stretching your hands towards heaven again and say, Lord, it's me. I forgot about you. I'll put you to the side. I put everybody else center. But, Lord, I'm coming back to you again. And I'm saying, Lord, it's me. Someone holler out in the room Lord it's me so in this particular text we get here and as we set this stage and set this scene we find out that Jesus had just gone up to what they call the Mount of Transfiguration the Mount of Transfiguration he had selected three disciples Peter James and John he takes them up to the mountain, and as he is up there, we find out that a cloud descends, and God is speaking, and they see uh, what is Elijah and Moses. They stand there, and it says that they got so excited about this time that even they said, uh, let's stay here. Let's build a monument for him and build a monument for him or whatever. Jesus said, no, this is not for you to stay. This is for you to see. This is for you to experience, but you've got to come down from the mountain. There are a lot of people who want to stay in mountaintop experiences. There are a lot of people who would love to stay in praise breaks. There are a lot of people who would love to stay in highs and never experience lows. But he is also the God of the valley as he is the God of the mountain. And there's sometimes you have to, in order for you to really know who God is, you're going to have to come down from the mountain in order for him. That's why David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You won't know who's with you until you go through a valley of the shadow of death. You won't know who your friends are until you walk through a valley of the shadow of death. You won't know what's in you until you walk through a valley of the shadow of death. You won't know exactly what you're made of until you walk through a valley. What is the valley of the shadow of death? It is not death, but it appears like it will kill you. It is not killing you, but it appears to kill you. Is there anybody in the room who's been through any season that it appears that you're getting ready to die, where it appears that you're not going to make it? I wish I had a church in here that wouldn't be looking at 
me in that tone of voice. But is there anybody in the room right now who's ever gone through a season where you thought that it was going to be over, but you look back over that thing and it was only a shadow. It did not kill you. It did not destroy you, but it was only a shadow. Don't get afraid of a shadow because according to Psalms 91 and 1, he that dwells under the shadow of the Most High God, you got to make sure you're under the right shadow. Don't get concerned about the shadow of enemies and the shadow of haters and the shadow of doubt and the shadow of all that type of stuff. Make sure you're under the shadow of the Almighty and make sure that no matter when you go through, you know who's walking with you. Someone say what Kanye said, Jesus walks with me. Somebody say, I know who's walking with me. <laughs> yeah. Said they were on top of the mountain. Jesus said, we can't stay up here. We got to come down. <laughs> we got to come down. This is only an experience that will carry you to your next one. Sometimes you need mountain experiences because your mountains are encouraging you when you're in your valley. <laughs> Sometimes you need it only for it to carry you. That's why it's important. That's why James said it's important. Philip, uh, Philip, uh, uh, the book of Philippians says that's why it's important that you work out your own soul salvation. It's important because there are seasons that you will be in the gym and you don't see results. And you have to sometimes just encourage yourself and say, hey, we're going to make it. Hey, it's hard today, but I'm going to make it. Someone just holler out in the room. I'm going to make it. It's got hard. It's, it's time that you look around and nobody else seems to be working out but you. No one else seems to be doing anything but you. Everybody else seems to be okay but you. Everybody seems to be like they're settling but you. But there's something inside of you that says, I'm tired of being like this. I'm tired of this thing. I'm tired of this thing having a grip on me. I'm tired of this thing having a grip on my family. I'm tired of this thing having a grip on my mind. I got to work this thing out. Somebody holler out. I got to work this thing out. And even if you have to work out by yourself, do what you got to do because only you know what you need in your life. Gotta get the point that you learn how to work stuff out on your own. So Jesus was taking them up to the Mount of Transfiguration, and while he was up there, says that they had to come down. Came down, y'all read the story when you get a chance. Said they came down. When they came down, it says that a crowd, this is a scripture, says a crowd gathered at the bottom of the mountain, meaning that as soon as they heard Jesus was down, then all of a sudden the crowd came and, and people started coming around and they were like, Jesus is here, Jesus is here. And they were just talking. And, and, and what happened in the midst of the crowd, um, actually, this some some uh, Matthew, uh, Mark, Luke, and John both record this story, and different ones have different angles of it. Because what happens is, uh, many of us can be in the room right now, but we're all getting different experiences. Uh, that's what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is. They're all gospels, but they're all getting different details, or all of them are looking from their own perspective. Uh, that's why it's very important that before you subscribe to anyone's opinion, that you find out what their perspective is. Before you start quoting or tweeting other people, you need to find out what, what is it, their, 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 their relationship with what they said, that you find out the, the backstory. Because sometimes you can't, for those people who say you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, a lot of times it's not because they're trying to tell you you shouldn't do these different things. It's because they had a bad experience with it. And once they had a bad experience with it, sometimes they start to counsel you based on their experience. But sometimes their experience doesn't have to be your experience. So that's very important that you don't just start subscribing to people and even those of you who are listening to me preach right now don't even just take my word for it I'm so confident in his word that you go back and you'll find what I say in his word don't you ever go around qu quoting him quoting me according pastor Mario said oh no I have no power in it but if you quote the word and you quote what Jesus said demons tremble at his name not at my name they laugh at my name but at the name of Jesus somebody holler out Jesus yeah, so, 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 so they were down there in the crowd, had gathered around, and it says that in the midst of the crowd, a father cried out, father cried out, and he said, have mercy. He said, have mercy on my son, for my son is a lunatic, or my son suffers from seizures, and he suffers in such a way that it throws him into the fire, and it throws him into the water. He says, have mercy in the midst of the crowd. Crowd was coming around Jesus, but in the midst of it, a father cried out and said, have mercy on my son. There is nothing like a man who cries out in the midst of a storm. That's nothing. Like, I know we talk about the weeping, the, the, the wailing women, but that's nothing like a crying man. <laughs> 
That's nothing like a man who cries out in the midst of the storm and forgets about how buff it is and forgets about how things are together and says, have mercy because everything is falling apart. Have mercy in the midst of a crowd where image does not matter. Where, where you don't, you're not concerned about what people say or are concerned about what they feel about you. But in the midst of it, you cry out because something personal to you is being attacked. You cry out because something that came from you is being attacked. You're crying out because one, uh, one, one book says, one gospel writer says, Jesus responds and says, how long has your son been suffering? And one Bible, one, one gospel writer says, since from birth. He was born like this, born suffering. Born uh, with a Caesar, uh, with, a, with a, she, a seizure. I'm sorry, I'm not calling you Caesar. I'm not, not you. You know what I'm trying to say. He was born with epilepsy. He was born in a way that he couldn't control his functions. And we've taken, basically, I believe that this father was saying, we've taken him to many doctors and tried to get him help, but nothing is working and I'm saved. I'm a believer. I'm coming to public worship. But I'm going home and nothing is changing in my child. I'm going to worship. I'm following all the rules. I'm doing everything. I'm following all the feast days. I'm following all the certain rituals. And I'm doing everything. But no matter what I do, I go home and there's no change in my child. I don't know if there's any parent in the room who you've cried in church and it has your tears have nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with what is, is suffering at home and what is suffering connected to you and what is suffering a nephew or a cousin or a brother or a dad or whoever it is that you're connected to. And you're here, but you're thinking about someone who is suffering from an issue where no praise brick can change it. No revival has changed it. They won't come to church, but they're suffering. They won't tune in, but they're suffering. They won't read a Bible plan, but they're suffering. They will do everything but follow you because they're suffering. They will smoke it away and still suffer. They will try to sleep it out and still suffer. I don't know if you're connected to anybody in your life that's just suffering, that you try to help them, but no matter what you try to do, they just keep suffering, and they won't acknowledge that they need help. But God has raised you up. I know you're not the man, but God has raised you up and set you in the seat of intercession. What is the seat of intercession? The seat of intercession means that they're not here but I'm going to pray on their behalf intercession means that they can't pray for themselves but I'm going to pray for them do we have any intercessors in the room that will say my son's not doing right my son is suffering my nephew is suffering my husband is suffering my cousin is suffering my uncle is suffering but I'm here today not because I like Pastor Mario I'm here because I heard of a man from Galilee and if you're in sin he will set you free I heard of a man and I want to call him in church today. I want to pray on this Father's Day because my family is suffering from epilepsy. My family is being thrown into the fire. My family is being thrown in the water and I don't want them to drown. I don't want them to burn up in a lake of fire. I called here. I came here to church today because I heard the song on a Friday night that says if you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer and here I am today in the words of my granddaddy says what a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and our griefs to bear what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer is there anybody in the room who ever came to church and you weren't on your mind but they were on your mind and you're sitting here rocking in your seat right now not thinking about you but you're sitting here thinking about James sitting here thinking about Clarence sitting here thinking about somebody who's not here and I want you to say right now have mercy praying for my child brought him to the crowd scripture says he brought him to his disciples disciples were they who represented Jesus brought him to the disciples and he said I brought him to them they couldn't do nothing brought him to the ministers they didn't even know how to pray. Brought him to the people that sit with you and, and, and learn from you. They couldn't do nothing.
And I had to look deeper, Caesar. I had to look deeper into that scripture. And I said, well, I don't understand. Seems like stuff that's around Jesus should be able to do stuff. <laughs> seems like stuff that comes to church and worships together seems like they should be able to do things. And I found out, according to historians, they said that Peter, James, and John went up to the mountain of transfiguration. Historians say that perhaps the rest of the disciples, the rest of the disciples that weren't carried up were jealous of the ones who got carried up. Because the ones who got carried up, Jesus selected them. But the other ones stayed at the foot of the mountain. So historians say perhaps the disciples were upset and wondering why were they not chosen. So what happened, instead of them focusing on their mission, they started focusing on who got called and who wasn't. And maybe that's not you, and maybe you never experienced that in your life, and maybe you're, you're above that, and maybe you're so mature that you've never experienced, where you've ever been in a season where you've said, why not me? Maybe you've never been in a season where someone else got it before you, and maybe you've never been in a season where someone else seemed to go before you, and you had to ask yourself internally, Lord, why not me? Why did that happen for them and not me? Why did that break through for them and not me? What's different about me? Am I not good enough? Well, I don't know if anybody's ever dealt with that. And maybe you've never dealt with low self-esteem spiritually. Uh, where you've ever felt like, I, I, I know I'm called, but why am I not selected? I know that there's something on me, but why can't I seem to get it together? Why not me? So the scripture says that perhaps, or historians say, perhaps the backing story, and that perhaps the reason that they were not able to do it is because they were arguing amongst themselves. And scripture says that the scribes, when Jesus came down, scripture says in one version, that the scribes and the disciples were arguing. The scribes, meaning the religious teachers and the people, and the scribes were saying, why could y'all not do it? And the disciples were trying to defend themselves, saying why they couldn't. That is the tension that is going on in the text. That there was arguing going among church folk. It's quiet on this Father's Day. That there was arguing, bickering going on in the, the believers. I know y'all never argue with anybody who believes. That's why it's really hard for y'all to contextualize this. Because you're so saved that you never snap on anybody. I know. Y'all are so saved that you always speak in tongues. Y'all are so saved. We are so, all of us, me too. We are so saved. We have never lost our temper when someone cut us off on New Circle Road. Never. We do not suffer from road rage. Oh, no. We do not slam kitchen doors. We do not slam. We never hang up on people. We do not pick people on block. We do not let somebody's text message sit in there and we just like, I'm going to let it sit there. We never do that. No. Not people at Growth Point. No. That's people on the north side. But now over here on the south side. Over here on the south side, oh, no, no, y'all always have angel wings. But here in this text, I know it's hard for you to believe it, but here in this Netflix original, this one right here, this one here, this story, not your story, but this story, they were arguing amongst others. They were, mar uh, they were arguing amongst each other, Guillaume, so much to the point that they forgot about the issue in front of them. Where the focus became each other and not the issue sitting right in front of them. A father had just cried out and said, have mercy on my son. But because of the arguing going on in between them, they had so much church drama that they could not focus on the real issue. And the real issue was somebody had a demon and they couldn't focus on the demon because they had a devil in them. You can't focus on the real issue when I think you're the issue. Can't focus on the real drama when I think you're the drama. 
I can't focus on giving anybody healing when I think you're the one who made them sick. I can't focus on someone getting better when I think you're the one who made it bitter. It's very hard for me to focus on the issue when I've made you the issue and you were never designed to be the issue. So there was the issue at hand. We don't know if this father was a single parent. I have no clue because text does not read that. But what I do want to honor about this man is that he had enough gumption to come to a crowd to at least get help for his child. Can we just give God praise for a moment for those of you who are sitting in this room who said no matter you might have been struggling somewhere else, but you had enough courage to come into the room to say I've got a need and I heard Jesus and I had to come in the room. Can we just give God praise for you that you just decided to come anyway. Someone just hollered out and said I came anyway. Issue, but I came. Going through, but I came. Wanted to stay home, but I came. Wanted to stream, but I came. I didn't even want to check in today. Didn't want to get dressed today. Didn't want to do my hair today. Matter of fact, that's why I have a hat on, but I came. Someone say, I came anyway. I just came. I want to shout out the man who has no name. Woo! The father, we don't know his name, but we know what he did. We don't know his name. We don't know his pedigree. We don't know where he came from. We don't know who he's kin to, but we know his need. I want to talk to somebody in the room who we don't need to know your name. We just need to know your issue and what is it and why did you come here and what is it that you need from God. Your name and who you're kin to doesn't matter when you have a need. What you're going through doesn't matter until you know Jesus is in the room. And I want to talk to some people in the room who did it doesn't matter what you're hired by and it doesn't matter what your resume is and it doesn't matter who you're kin to and it doesn't matter what your denomination is and it doesn't matter how you worship but it doesn't matter who you worship and is there anybody in the room who says what I know for sure is Jesus Whether you lift your hands, I don't care. Whether you bow on the floor, I don't care. Whether you speak in tongues, I don't care. Whether you listen to Macrip City, whether you listen to Elevation Worship, whether you listen to Hezekiah Walker, whether you listen to Kurt Franklin, whether you listen to Church of God in Christ, whether you're Baptist, whether you're non-denominational, that's not the issue. The issue is that I need Jesus. That's what matters. Whether you like my preaching, it does not matter. Whether you think I'm radical, it does not matter. Whether you like a black man preaching, it does not matter. Do you know the man named Jesus? Me doesn't matter. Don't exalt the preacher. Don't exalt the pew. Preach the gospel. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll do the draw. Somebody say, lift Jesus. Trying to get through this text. But Jesus, the man brought his son to the disciples because Jesus wasn't around. Jesus responds and he says, oh, twisted and perverse generation. I know y'all know the Jesus who says, suffer the little children, come to me. The Jesus has children sit on his lap. And I know y'all know the Jesus who says, where are your accusers? There be none. Go sin no more. And I, I know you know the Jesus who, who tells Lazarus, come forth and come out of the grave and comes out with his grave clothes. And I, I know you know the Jesus who healed the blind man by, uh, who was begging. I know you know Jesus who, who, who told the man who they lowered down out of the roof. He says, you know, take up your bed and walk and take up your mat and walk. I know you know that Jesus. But sometimes Jesus says you're, you're twisted. That's the same one who loves you. Sometimes he'll say, you're twisted. Your thinking is perverse. That's what he was saying. I'm not trying to rebuke them, but what he was saying is, your perception is twisted. You have focused on what doesn't matter and missing what does matter. Here is a man who brought his child when men don't always even come to church. Men don't always show up and say they need help. 
I wish I could clear the room real quick. Men sometimes will carry a sickness in their body for years and never go to the doctor because they just don't want to acknowledge they need help. But I come to destroy that devil today because when I look around the room, I see a few good men who are in the room who might not be speaking audibly, but with their presence, they are saying, I need help. I've tried everything else, and I decided to come here today because I need help. Can I get some brothers in the room who say, I need help? Now all the women praise God because the men open up their mouth. Sometimes you got to learn how to praise God for a brother who will say something. Sometimes you got to learn how to thank God for a brother who says something more than mm. And saying thank God for a brother who just says I need help. That's not weakness, that's strength because daddy never said it, granddaddy never said it, uncle never said it. But I'm a part of the generation that's going to open my mouth and say I can't do this on my own. So Jesus, huh, taking too long, Jesus responded. To them said, faith is in perverse generation. How long should I be with you? How long shall I teach you these things? Because what he was saying is, because I think it with this chapter 17 and chapter 10, Jesus told the disciples, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents. And you should do all these things. What he was saying is, he didn't just rebuke the, the, the leaders. He rebuked the disciples to say, how many times do I have to tell you you've got power? How many times do I have to remind you that you don't have to succumb to this? How many times do I have to come down from the mountain to deal with you in the valley just to tell you that you're more than what you're living in? How many times do I have to come dry your tears just for you to know I'll wipe away all tears? How many times do I have to lift you up only for you to know that I am the lifter of your head? How many times do I have to do that for you to finally realize at some point that everything you need you already have? That's what he was saying. So he goes on in this text, and I hope this is helping you. I really do hope it's helping you and it's not making you feel bad because it's not my job at all. I just want to give you context of this thing. So he responds to them. He said, he said, your limitation, really, Mother Higgins? He said, your limitation? He says, if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed. He said, your limitation is faith. Now, how is that limitation? He said, because you just don't believe. Listen, Scripture says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, a lot of us think that he's talking about size. He's not talking about size. Mustard seeds start small, but they grow to be some of the largest trees. Jesus was saying, he said, unless you have evolving faith, the type of faith that continues to grow, the type of faith that continues to evolve, that you're not always stuck with small-like faith, but you can start small but continue to grow. Is there anybody in here that can look back over your life and you can see how you have grown and how you, there are some things about you right now that if somebody were to throw up a picture of you before, we wouldn't even recognize it because your faith had not grown at that point. But at some point in your life, you started to plant seeds that you now look back and you see I'm starting to grow. If there's anybody room who's growing, just holler out, I'm growing, I'm growing. That means I don't care what nobody says. I know I'm growing. Oh, I know I am. Because I would have done some things had I not been growing. I would have given up in some seasons had I not been growing. I would have walked away had I not been growing. But the fact that I'm still saying and the fact that I'm still in it means that there must be something growing in me. The sign that there's dirt around you means your planet. The sign of growth is dirt. Because you can never be planted in concrete. You always have to be planted in dirt. So if it's dirty around you, that means God is planting you for you to grow. Somebody just say, my growing season is coming. Somebody say, my growing season. If it's real dirty around me, that means I must be growing. That's real dirty around. Seems like everything is dirty, but it means I'm growing. Somebody say it again. It means I'm growing. He said, mustard seed is not about size, but it's about growth. 
he says, if you have growing faith, evolving faith, he said, you'll be able to look at that mountain and say, move from here to there, and nothing will be impossible to you. What that means is, you don't just have a faith you believe, you have a faith you talk about. You can't just have a faith that you think about. You have to have a faith that you talk about. The old songwriter sung a song a long time ago. He says, I, tell, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. Is there anybody in the room who's had things that you tried to hold to yourself, but when you got a chance to testify, you said, let me tell you, I, I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but you just happened to come down my aisle in Kroger. I didn't ask to see you, but you just happened to come down this aisle, and since you're down this aisle, let me tell you about the car wreck I walked away from. Let me tell you about the divorce I survived. Let me tell you how my child overcame this. Let me tell you about this promotion. Let me tell you how it keeps me in perfect peace as my mind has stayed on him. Let me tell you how he's provided all my needs let me tell you how I have been young but now I'm becoming old but I keep never seeing the righteous forsaken and now he's not even forsaken my children is there anybody in the room who says I got a testimony it's a faith you talk about it's not just a faith I keep to myself Every time I grab this microphone, I say I'm going to act like Joel Osteen. But every time I get up here, I start acting like a drunk man who don't know how to keep himself together. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out for him. I don't even need a Bible verse. I don't even need a song. All I need is a memory. And the more I think about how he delivered me, and the more I think about how he set me free, and the more I think about how I shouldn't have been here, and the more I think about how I should be dead, and the more I think about how I wasn't a statistic, but I became more than a statistic. Every time I get a chance, I want to give him praise for every mountain he's brought me through, for every valley he's seen me through. I want to give him praise. Is there anybody else with me who wants to give him praise? So he goes on. He says, your faith, your belief, your belief. Preach, Mario. I'm trying to do the best I can. He said, faith. He says, if you speak to this mountain. Now, when Jesus was talking, he was talking around the Mount of Transfiguration, around that physically. But he wasn't talking about a physical mountain. He was speaking parabolically in a parable, which means he was saying, as far as there will be other mountains in your life that will come. And seem unsurmountable. I think about that song, God specializes. And things that seem impossible. Oh, is there anybody in the room who's seen God do some impossible things? Is there anybody? Can, can we just have a wave off in the room? If anybody in the room said, I've seen him do the impossible. He said, there are going to be some mountains that you face. But you're going to have to have faith in the midst of it. There will be things that try to crumble around you, but you're going to have to believe in spite of it. There will be times where you'll be the only one believing, but believe anyway. There will be times that you'll be the only one standing on the word, but stand anyway. There will be times that you'll be the only one praising, but praise anyway. There will be times that you'll be the only one speaking, but speak anyway. Someone say, do it anyway. So, I'm through with that scripture. And I found, I was reading because I was thinking about it and uh, uh, I read it. I said, there's something missing in that scripture. There's something missing, Keon. I said, that's, that's not, that, that, that ain't it. Why my voice go like that? I don't know. It sounded good. That ain't it. That ain't it. But like Prince. Eh. I said, that ain't it. I said, that's, that can't be the end of the scripture. Well, I had to go back, Angie. I had to call up the old, old preachers and go back to the King James. I didn't go to King James. I didn't go back that far. I went to the new King James. And there's a scripture in verse 21. And he says, this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. <laughs> so I was reading Matt and I was reading this and I said to myself, myself said, huh? And I said, yeah, look. We were talking, having a good conversation. We said, if all of y'all talk to yourself, stop lying. You know you do. We used to say, as long as you don't answer yourself, I answer myself too. So check me in if you want to. Take me, because I, 
I talk to myself all the time and myself. We have good conversation. I say, self, you crazy. And I'm like, I can know you're right. Yeah, I know. So I was, I was looking at it myself, said, dig deeper. And I looked. And according to this version that I use, usually I teach out of the English Standard Version. Y'all know that by now, most of the time. And I usually do that because it has more common language, common English. It's not the only Bible that you can use. It's just what I use because I want to have a common language. And I looked and it says, most translations feel as if that scripture is not important to the text. So it is usually omitted. Because they believe that it was not important to the text. So it's one thing faith for me. Faith, that was so good. That was a good segue. It's one thing for Jesus to talk about their faith and say, unless you have faith a size of a mustard seed, unless you do that, you won't be, you'll be able to say to this and all this stuff. And a lot of us go on talking about the faith gospel. I got faith. I got faith. And everybody's like, I got faith and I believe. Great. But Jesus said, but if you have a limitation in prayer, whew, you see how y'all shouted so loud right there? Oh, I mean, it was a roar in here. Y'all missed it because it was so quiet. He says, not do I only need you to have faith. He said, your issue with not being able to cast that demon out was not just because you lack faith. You lack prayer. You cannot counsel a demon. You can't speak faith to spiritual warfare. You can't speak faith or speak words or just say things to demonic activity in your life. This kind, yes, sir. Woo, it's Jesus. This kind, someone say this kind. This kind, you cannot deal with it unless you have a prayer life. Unless you know how to have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He will hear your faintest cry and he will answer by and by. Just when you feel a little prayer will turn in and you know the fire is burning. Somebody holler out and say, just a little talk. Somebody in the room, you've been talking to everybody but Jesus. You've been scrolling with everybody but Jesus. You've been texting everybody but Jesus. But this kind will not lift off of you without prayer. Somebody got to get on your knees again and call on him. Talking about a real prayer life. I'm not talking about just every once in a while. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul. To... I'm talking about when you got a real demon in your life, you need to plug back into that power. You got to plug back into that source and say, God, this is bigger than me. God, this is greater than me. I'm going to lose my mind if I don't call on you. I'm going to go insane if I don't call to you. Somebody holler a prayer oh grandmama prayed oh mama prayed oh daddy prayed oh if I don't pray I can't preach if I don't pray I can't sing if I don't pray I can't study I need prayer talk about cute prayer talk about snotting prayer talking about crying prayer I'm talking about snatch your weave out prayer I'm talking about don't look like Cardi B today. You need to look like Cardi knees. Get on your knees and say, I don't need Cardi B. I need Cardi knees. Because what I'm going through is deeper than what you see. Somebody say, I need prayer. Some of y'all laughing. Because you're laughing to cover up the fact that you won't pray. But God's not waiting on him. He's waiting on you. It's not that he ain't got power. But he's got to remind you that everything you need is locked up in prayer. Someone say it's locked up in prayer. He said, you can't cast this thing out because you won't pray. He said, you can't cast it off of you unless you pray. I don't know if there's anybody in the room who you went to Alcoholic Anonymous. They gave you plan, 
But if it wasn't for the plan and prayer, you wouldn't be here today. I don't know if there's anybody here that the doctor subscribed you medicine. But if it wasn't for prayer and medicine, you wouldn't be here today. I don't know if there's anybody in the room who nobody would answer your call and no one will respond to your text. But you got back in your, on your knees or got in a room and you said, God, nobody will answer me. But I know you're never late and your line is never busy. I called on him. Someone say, call on him. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 excuse me. I can't talk about prayer and not creep up in me. I'm telling you the times I prayed and didn't have money. I'm talking about the times I prayed and didn't have friends. I'm talking about the times I prayed and no one else understood me. But I had a prayer language. I had a time with Jesus. I had a long time with God. Couldn't figure out myself. But I knew Jesus was not crazy. That's why I call him the Prince of Peace. That's why I call him a mighty God. He's a wonderful counselor. How do I know he's a counselor? Because when my counseling session is not scheduled, oh, he can talk to me and he can say things to me that no counselor can do. I know why I call him the Prince of Peace because I've been in the middle of storms. In the middle of my storm, in the middle of what I was going through, what they couldn't fix, Jesus could fix. And now I was sitting in the middle of the storm saying, Master, the tempest is raising. Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? But is there anybody in the room who can say he gave me peace? Y'all don't know about peace. You don't know about peace, Sister Green, until you got the type of peace that surpasses all understanding. The type of peace that nobody can understand. The type of peace that people think it doesn't take all of that. But let me tell you something. Had I not had peace and had I not had prayer, I wouldn't be here today. But because I got prayer, somebody in the room say prayer. Somebody in the room say prayer. Don't talk to your boo. Talk to Jesus. Don't talk to your best friend because they can't help you. But talk to Jesus. I wish I had a praying church. I wish I had a praying church that would say this thing, this thing that I'm going through cannot come out unless I pray. I got to pray. Come on, MC Hammer. I got to pray just to make it today. Somebody say, I need prayer. Holler at your boy right now. Somebody say, pray. Pray, church. I wish I had a praying church. Not a cute church, but a praying church. Not a young church, but a praying church. Not a diverse church, but a praying church. Not a contemporary church, but a praying church. If you get prayer and you match your prayer with God's power, you bring a demon here and the power, the power, the power of the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and fire, Holy Ghost and prayer. Somebody say, I need prayer and fire. I need prayer. No prayer. No power, more prayer, more power. I'm going to say it again. No prayer, no power, but more prayer, more power. If there anybody in the room who's got a weak thing going in your life, if you're weak, pray. If you're lonely, pray. If you're suicidal, pray. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all sitting there like I lost my mind. Matter of fact, I got my mind back because I prayed. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him. Somebody open your mouth. Say, thank God for prayer. Come on. Come on. Pray, church. Pray. And the reason that he told him this, the reason that he told him this is because there were going to become some other things in their life. 
some other things that were coming that they couldn't rely on their own gifts they couldn't rely on their own talents and some of you are winning you are losing battles because you think you're so special but let me tell you something I ain't nothing I know it's grammatically incorrect but I ain't nothing without God I can do nothing without God excuse me y'all I ain't trying to preach like this because y'all ain't looking like I'm preaching but I'm gonna preach anyway because I know what I'm talking about I ain't nothing without God I can do nothing without God I can sing nothing without God we used to sing the old song PJ in the old church send it on down Lord Send it on down, Lord. Lord, let your Holy Ghost come on down. Because I can't do nothing. Somebody holler out, I can't do nothing until you send it on down. Lord, let your Holy Ghost, let your Holy Ghost, let your Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, y'all. Let your Holy Spirit, let your Holy Ghost come on down. Somebody open your mouth, say, I need power. I need power. Uh, I'm through and I gotta get out of here. I'm through and I gotta get out of here. I'm through, I've gotta get out of here. I'm through and I gotta go home because my wife cooked out. So I'm ready to eat hot dogs, chicken, and hamburgers. But until I get home, I gotta cast out a demon before I go back to Nicholasville. I gotta pray about an issue before I get in my car. I gotta remind you about the power, the power. The power, I feel like preaching, the power of the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and fire. Excuse me, y'all, I hadn't preached like this since I was 21, but 20 years later, I still got power, I still got power. Call me crazy, but I got power to tread both serpents, power to run, power to speak to demons, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Somebody say, I got it. He said, This kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting some of y'all don't like the fasting part because you like to eat and i ain't fasting but i pray it ain't about the food it's about separating for a moment to say this don't matter but this matters it is to say that if chick-fil-a can close on sunday If Chick-fil-A can close on Sunday, can you push back your plate a minute to say he means more? What the, who is he? My nephew, my cousin, my brother, myself. I need this thing so much that I'm willing to push aside something until I get a breakthrough. I'm willing to cut off the mic until I got a breakthrough. The reason my phone is on do not disturb is not because I don't like you, but I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of going through things. I'm tired of almost losing my mind. So I gotta silence you so I can hear from him. I can't talk to you because I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Somebody say I need him. Not just on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I need him. I need him in my life, in my house, in my marriage, in my family, in my finances. Somebody throw your head back. Say, I need you. You matter more. You matter more. I'm trying to stop, trying to take a close, 
I'm trying to stop, trying to take a close, but here I am, sounding like Jesus, trying to remind you that you got power, you got what you need. Lay hands on your child, lay hands when they sleep. Don't wake them up, go in the room while they're sleeping. Get you a bottle of oil, walk around their room. When they wake up the next morning, they'll say, Mama, I feel like I had a good night's sleep. I don't know what happened during the night, but Mama said, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. You wouldn't pray for yourself. So I prayed for you. You wouldn't call on Jesus, but I know him. I prayed on behalf of my family. Come here, Joshua, as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody say we will. Somebody say we will. We will. My dog's going to be saved. My cat's going to be saved. My goldfish are going to be saved. If I got a goat, he's going to be saved. Because everything, everything, everything attached to me can't live with a demon. I got to speak to that devil and say, at the name, at the name, at the name. At the name of Jesus, at the name, somebody call that name, call that name, get on the altar, call that name, run to the altar, call that name, whatever you gotta do, call the name. I will call upon the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will call upon the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. And for the next 60 seconds, everybody in the room, stand to your feet. And let's give God praise for being the rock of our salvation. Come on. Come on. For the next few moments, thank you for being a rock. Oh, Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground. Thank you for being my rock. Thank you for being my rock. When all that's around me is like sinking sand on Christ, the solid rock I stand. When I need a savior, I run to the rock. Thank you. Come on, just a few more moments. Thank you for being the rock. Come on, come on. Just a few more moments. Thank you for being my rock. I needed a rock. I needed a rock. Come on. I needed a rock. Thank you for being a rock. Thank you, thank you. want you to be suffering with a demon that you can cast out. 
Church, when I tell you I pray for you, I'm not talking about I pray that you, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not even praying about that. I'm praying that you stop suffering when you've got power. You don't have to do it like me, no. You don't have to pray like me, no. You don't have to get worked up like me, no. But you've got to call on the same one I call on. There is no other name given unto heaven whereby men must be saved but other than the name of Jesus. Timothy Wright used to sing a song, God's got a way that you can't get over. God's got a way that you can't get around. God's got a way you can't go under. You must come in at the door. You can't come through the window. You can't come through the basement. You got to come through the door. What is the door? He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to see Jesus, if you want to, if you want to see him, anybody want to see him? Church, let me tell you this. I'm way, I'm so way over time. I don't even want to look at my clock. That's how way over time I am. Way. But listen, some of y'all are suffering silently. I need you to be like that man. Say, have mercy. Have, have mercy on my family. Have, have mercy on this house. Have mercy. Because I can't do nothing else with it. And if you don't do it, it won't be done. Have mercy. I'm going to ask why I drip, give the mic to um, uh, Dr. Emmanuel. If there's anybody in this room right now 